I said good day, sir. You don't ever plan anything around the eagles because the eagles represent the grace of God, okay. you heathen bastards. What a vanilla nebbish name. Well, you know, orcs are people too. I'm thinking of that one cult that got taken out with one punch. So he's got a wall, okay. a gall, a gall, and a wall. Every time you mention the eagles, I think Don Henley. <laughs> where we connect nerdery to the real world. I'm Ed Blaylock. I'm a seventh grade world history teacher here in Northern California. Uh, and I spend one hour of my day uh, working at trying to teach uh, seventh graders also how to use the English language effectively, um, which is harder than you might think. <laughs> uh, I am also uh, very happy to say I am the father of a 22-month-old little boy. Mm -hmm. uh, who are you, sir? I'm Damien Harmony. I'm a Latin teacher who spends one hour of my day teaching kids history. All so right. the inversion of yourself mm -hmm. uh, up here in Northern California. Well, except that English isn't actually a dead language. Well, that's true. Uh, it's just the... I mean, the... it's dying no. by degrees. No, it's it's the it's, dog it's, it's in mutating. the thing. Yeah, okay, good point. Yeah, yeah right. That's yeah. Actually, that's a frighteningly good analogy. Very accurate. Yeah. Uh, I am a father of a nine, almost ten-year-old, and a seven-year-old uh, here in Northern California, uh, and I am here for this podcast because you promised me uh, a fandom that I rather enjoyed twice over. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah we both did. Yeah. We both did. Uh, so tell me what you think of first. Okay. That's how I want to open this. What, what, what do you think of... All right, that's a yeah. good one. All right, I you know what, and now I could go for a brie right now. I gotta tell you, yeah. Uh, but no, what do you think of first when I mention Battlestar Galactica? What is the first oh. image? I'm gonna say image. What is the first image that pops into your head? Startlingly hot blonde woman. <laughs> And I don't like okay. blondes. Yeah. Like, so and yeah, she was so, like uncomfortably gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, hang on. Let well, me think. for a reason. Yeah. And then, what else? Fat Leah Dama. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Those are the two things right. that I think of. All right. I find it interesting. That yeah. I, that I say that, and and the first of the two series that you go to is mm -hmm. the newer one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm and not I, as old as you. Fuck you, man. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Producer, Producer George, George just gave just, me two birds. Yeah. With one with stone. With one stone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. the toaster. The, yeah, the toast. The, yeah. the full on. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, the first thought I have when you say that is is a uh, face <laughs> oh, no. from on the 18th. Yeah. Uh, Watching uh, it walk by. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Starbucks. Dirk Benedict. Dirk Benedict. Yes. Dirk Benedict, who. Alas, I thought that was a character name. A complete, yeah, well, number one. Number yeah. two, alas, turned out to be kind of a regressive asshole. Uh, wow, wouldn't have seen that coming. Yeah, well, Next, you're going to tell me yeah. George Papard was a misogynist. <laughs> I have no evidence either way, but uh, sadly, I wouldn't be shocked. Oh, the A-team is evidence, actually, because when oh. Amy was not brought back for the next season, yeah. it was because he was like, we don't need women on this team. Oh, wow. Yeah. Shit. And uh, he got well, his way because he loved it yeah. when a plan comes together. Yeah. Yeah. 
But Damn. back to uh, yeah, okay, okay. So the old Battlestar Galactica, much more browns. Uh, uh, yeah, there was Earth, a guy dressed up Earth like tones. a hawk. There was a little droid that would go beady 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 beady. No, that's 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 no. God damn it! No, <laughs> that's that's Buck Rogers. Oh, which was itself okay. a retread of a much older black oh. and white. Uh huh. Uh, a serial. Yeah, with Ming the Conqueror. Yeah. Yeah, the merciless. Yeah, and, yeah the, and we've and we've talked about it. And and no, damn it. Ah, no. <laughs> that's Flash fucking Gordon. Oh right, that's the one with Wally West. Oh. And no, it was Wally West and that uh, fucking hurts. And it was Wally West and You're the daughter me. of the police commissioner's son. Actually, That's what it was. actively killing me, squeezing the <laughs> life out of me. So, yeah. anyway, yeah. Um, having having established that, I, mm. I want to. I, I think I have a theory about why it is when I say Battlestar Galactica. Yes. The newer series is is the one that that resonates first. Okay. For you, now this be- is a theory. Before you commit to it fully, yeah. I want to point out that I never watched it when it was airing. I only okay. ever watched oh, it really? after the fact. Yes. Okay. I was about two I, or three or five years after. Okay. I, I I actually think that may strengthen my theory. Do it in an odd way. I want to hear it. But we're gonna we're gonna come to that. Yeah. So I want to start with the history of the show. Okay. For this one. So Battlestar Galactica originally aired 1978, 1979 on ABC. Wow. Okay. The pilot aired on September 17th, 1978. Um, It was, uh, where do I have it here? The pilot movie broadcast was actually interrupted on the East Coast for live announcement of the signing of the Camp David Accords. Oh, wow. To give you an idea of when it happened. Um, and the original show lasted a season. It was 24 episodes. One hour or half hour? Um, I want to say half hour. Okay. I'd have to look that back up. But right now, I think half hour. Okay. Um, and so it's 1978, 1979. It's a saga about a bunch of people in space. What, what, what does that sound like as a pop culture phenomenon that might've been going on also around that time? Bunch of people in space. Yeah. Saga. Yeah. I know Dallas had just come out that same year. Yeah. I'm thinking it's probably people. JR. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oil tycoons. Okay. Who um, shot Starbuck? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, totally. uh, Ross Perot starting his own uh, galactic expedition. Um, okay. I, I know you're a trying. A Texas something. millionaire. Oh, okay. All like, right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, going right. and rescuing yeah. hostages, trying oh, to do yeah, his trying. own mission. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Right. And actually I, succeeding. I, I had forgotten about that. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, okay. 78. So that would be about a year after I was born. Born yes. a little less, um, and uh, always with the reminders. About yes, that. and I live in a world that has always had Star Wars. Yes, yes. So, oh, they're capitalizing on Star Wars. Yes. Oh. Uh, very... Wait, wait. When was the when was the uh, holiday special? Oh, that's a really good question. I didn't I didn't think about that one. Oh, but wow. I think the holiday special would have been would have been the next year, right? Would have been would have so been. I think the I think the next year it might very well have been might very well have been. So yeah, it was it was transparently at the time an attempt to cash in on the SF craze that surrounded Star Wars because remember okay. at the same time, 
Uh, this is also when Battle Beyond the Stars got made. That's like the one Corman. where they all join, like like all the people from daytime TV shows join the circus, and then they do yeah. things like that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Totally. No. 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 It's it's that's circus it's the of one the stars. That's, that's, that's different. That's okay. circus yeah. of the stars. Battle, Battle of the, of the Network, Network stars. stars. Okay. Um, no, uh, Battle Beyond the Stars was mm-hmm. a Corman flick. Uh, actually, James Cameron got called in as a oh, brand wow. newbie. Turns out, I just learned this the other day, uh-huh. uh, Battle Beyond the Stars was the first movie Cameron did special effects on. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And Harvey Corman directed that? Yes. Okay. No. You. Roger Corman. You. The guy who wrote the Contrarian. Road? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Roger yeah. Corman McCarthy? Fucking Ravenclaw. <laughs> <laughs> fucking cleverness. All right. So anyway, but just so you know, Star Wars uh, holiday special was 1978. It okay. Was so yeah. all right. Yeah. So yeah. so it's still in the middle of the, right. the pop culture juggernaut that nobody had expected Star Wars to to become. Right. Like, Space like, was like, capturing the imagination. Yeah. And and so Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Hit the space is capturing the popular imagination. Combined that with, and by the way, we're going to use the Campbellian monomyth, mm-hmm. and that just turned into like zitgeist crack. Okay. And so everybody wanted to find something to capitalize on that angle. Right. Uh, ABC went with Battlestar Galactica. Wow. Um, and uh, it's it's worth. Uh, I'm, I, just, I'm just more amazed that it's ABC driving this forward. Like this is before they really get bought by bought out by Disney and do this Sunday yeah. afternoon or yeah, Sunday yeah. evening movie. Yeah, it's ABC yeah. trying to work their way in there because CBS is running this shit at this oh, time. Oh yeah, no, as far like, as network TV yeah. goes, yeah. Like NBC is uh, three years into SNL, but it's really but, it, but uh, it's not a niche thing. Yeah, but like CBS, I think had Dallas. Um, yeah. CBS had uh, Mash. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, those are two really heavy hitters. Well, they're they're yeah. the juggernauts. But they also had All in the Family, of... if I recall. Yeah. Yeah. So so, so CBS controlled all the juggernauts mm-hmm. of the day in terms of broadcast TV, mm-hmm. which was the only kind of TV there was at this point. Right. And so ABC was trying to fight against the nine hundred pound gorilla. Right. By by capitalizing on the space angle, this is what they did. Mm-hmm. Isaac Asimov wrote a review of Ooh. Battlestar Galactica. And, wow. and the best quote out of it was, he said, Star Wars was fun, and I enjoyed it. But Battlestar Galactica was Star Wars all over again, and I couldn't enjoy it without amnesia. Wow. Yeah. Um, 20th Century Fox actually sued Universal over plagiarism. Universal was, was producing wow. BSG. 20th Century Fox sued him, claiming... 34 points stolen by BSG from Star Wars. Universal countersued, saying Star Wars stole points from Silent Running and Buck Rogers. Yeah? Which it did. Yeah. No, no, that's an homage. Yeah. In, in <laughs> Nice. In 83, the case was resolved out of court. Yeah, okay. Lucas made his money enough to <laughs> yeah, be like, Yeah, be right. like, yeah, whatever. Ahead, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. By the you way, had, just, you had 24 episodes, just, whatever. Just for funsies, yeah. uh, other ABC TV shows that are yeah. debuting, yeah. Fantasy Island and Different Strokes. Okay. Charlie's Angels is two years old. It's almost oh, on man. its way uh, to Out, the midpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking, uh, well, I know that uh, Happy Days was on ABC. Yeah. Uh, but it had been there for a while. Yeah. Welcome back, Cotter. Oh, uh, yeah. That had been around for a little bit. Wonder Woman. 
Okay. Uh, had been around for a little bit. This is its last year. Yeah. When? When? Okay. When does Barney Miller show up? Barney Miller is there in. I think they started in '75. Okay. Um, and uh, your I was born. Yes. Yeah. That's wow. That is old an old guy. TV show. Yeah. Yeah. So all right. Yeah. So that's yeah. Thank you for that for that mm-hmm. context because yeah that that kind of gives you an idea of what what the landscape looked like. Yeah. Now, uh, for the lone listener of our podcast who doesn't know the plot of oh, the shit. original Battlestar Galactica. Taxi, too. Oh. Started yeah. in 78. Oh, wow. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, I'm deep diving on that. Yeah, Sorry. you, okay. Yeah. So, but but for, for the one of you who's, who's listening to this podcast who doesn't know what the original BSG was about. Yes. The 12 colonies, or tribes, of humanity mm-hmm. have been waging a millennium-long war against the robotic Cylons. Now, uh, the background of the Cylons mm-hmm. was kind of nebulous, but we find out that they had been, they are, they being robots, they were built by a reptiloid race that oh. they had uh, risen up against and destroyed. Oh, wow. And so the Cylons and humanity mm-hmm. were involved in this millennium-long war. And uh, at, the be- at the very, very beginning of the pilot film... Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a truce okay. between humanity and the Cylons. Okay. The Cylons betray the terms of the ceasefire, launching a surprise attack against the colonies. All 12 of them all at the same time. All right. 220 ships escape. Okay. Led and defended by the lone remaining capital ship, the Galactica. Okay. The the titular ship of, of the show. The, the, uh, the, the battle arc. Yes, yes. Desperate to escape, the fleet flees off into the void, searching for the lost 13th colony, a distant planet known as Earth. I, I can't do Lauren Green. Sure. Nice to save my life. Nobody can, but yeah. So. So wait, the Cylons were built by a different race. Yes. Betrayed them. Yeah. Took over, and yeah. then they warred with us. I, yeah. I, I, I just have the feeling that that's significant, giving, given what I know of the new series. Yes. Okay. Well, it's it's definitely a very important point of difference yes. when we get to talking about the new series. Yes. Now, um, so 12, 12 colonies. Uh-huh. 12 tribes. The Zodiac signs. It's tribes of Israel. It's tribes of the Etruscans. Oh, It's right, a very, yeah. medi- it, frankly, yeah, it's yeah. a Mediterranean thing because yeah, yeah. the Egyptians counted in base 12. Oh really? Yeah, so I hadn't known was, that was the root of it. Yeah, okay. so it was your your digits on your fingers. It's either Egyptians or the Babylonians. I always flip flop them. Okay, but it's you count by fingers, never thumbs, and you count the digits: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That's why we have twelve hours in our clock. Wow. Yeah. So awesome. the number twelve, very very important yeah. in the Mediterranean culture, which of course works its way into well, yeah, and it's, uh, and it's Western symbolic, culture. and it's and it has symbolic overtones yeah. of all kinds. So. Uh, the reason the reason I specifically talk about twelve tribes uh-huh. is because Glenn Larson, the series creator, he was writing on the far side. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, different Larson. Oh. Uh, but he he stated mm-hmm. in the process of writing of writing the pilot and, and in the process of doing all that, mm-hmm. he explicitly included points from Mormon theology in the plot of the show, which. Mormon theology makes a very big deal of the 12 tribes of Israel right. 
because the ancestors of the Native Americans are believed in Mormon theology to have been of one of those tribe. The lost tribe right. of Israel, and it gets into all kind of stuff with that. Yep. Uh, there is, in Mormonism, mm -hmm. there is a mystical planet known as Kolob. Mm -hmm. In Battlestar Galactica, the Lords of Kobol... Oh, uh, just flip the letters. Yeah, yeah, were the were the mystical kind of kind of uh, uh, mystical spiritual uh, council. Spiritual. Well, they 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 were and kind of the pla they found the planet Cobol, mm -hmm. and it was like the the root source of the colonies. Okay. Themselves. It's from where the twelve sprang. Sprang. Yeah. Okay, I get you. And um, so there were alien races encountered who are angelic. Okay. You know, I mean, like, like really clearly leaning real hard on angelic imagery, ange angelic kind of themes with them. Now, is that just because those are the special effects that they had, or was that no, because it was, that it was, was part his, of his imagination? That was okay. his thing. He, okay. He very pointedly had the battle start because you 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 used a phrase that i'm going right. to come back to the battle arc yes um he he very clearly was creating a parallel with the noah's ark story mm -hmm. he had originally pitched a show mm -hmm. that was a science fiction noah's ark first that didn't go anywhere okay and then star wars happened and he took his original idea and whacked a few things around on it and changed a few things. Mm -hmm. And that became Battlestar Galactica. Was he a Mormon? Yes. Cause in 78, the Mormon church undergoes a, a major change in its doctrine. Yes. Uh, and I, I don't want to step on that if you're going to get to that. Oh later. no, go ahead. Bring it okay. up. Yeah. They allow, I, I, they essentially, uh, I don't want to say rewrite cause I don't know that that's correct. They amend? I can, I can, well, okay. Go uh, ahead and say what you're yeah, going to yeah. say. Their doctrine to allow, uh, to, to take away the idea that black people are stained by sin yeah. and to allow them to be, I believe, bishops. Full, well, a bishop is or, any is any adult male member of the church. Oh, okay. It's, I know that they could now walk diagonally, and that's the part that... <laughs> that's really matter. critical. Yeah, yeah. and you needed a black one and a white one. Yeah, because, from a strategic yeah, standpoint, you yeah. need that. Yeah. Um, no, the, the, the theological point mm -hmm. is not that there was any, it wasn't, it, it, it's not treated in Mormon theology as an emendation or, okay. or what it is, is the further fulfillment of prophetic, uh, uh, notification. Okay. I'm, I'm, like I'm now we're ready for, for this part. Essentially. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's, it's, uh, Joseph Smith was, was the prophet. Right. And he he stated, you know, that all of the prophets before him were prophets. He is another prophet come uh -huh. to bring completion to, you know, the true faith. Yeah. He never said he was the last prophet. Okay. And so within Mormonism, the head of the Mormon church mm -hmm. is recognized as being the latest incarnation of he is he okay. is he is a prophet and the things that that head of the Mormon Church states mm -hmm. are they are when he speaks in that in that way, mm -hmm. he is prophetic. He says, "I have received word that okay. this thing." That's that's similar. I, well, I don't know how parallel it is, but it sounds parallel to the Sikh gurus, like the first ten Sikh gurus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's there is there are some similarities, mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, you know, as opposed to, you know, in Islam, mm-hmm. it's no, no, no Muhammad, it's done. Muhammad was the last one. Yeah. Ain't going to be another one. Right. That's it. Anybody claiming to be one is an apostate. And, right. You know, that's, that is not how Mormonism same, approaches. Same with Christianity, right? Like I'm, I'm the alpha and the omega. I'm done. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I'll be and back. Yeah. I'll get this yeah, shit fixed. Yeah. But, yeah. Fig- but, yeah. Figure all this out. You know, mm-hmm. look busy. Right. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and, and. Within within Christianity, there's the idea of the development of sacred tradition over time. Sure. And there is within Catholicism, there's the idea that the Pope speaks ex cathedra, meaning you know the Latin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but when when From he speaks, yeah, when yeah. when he speaks in that mode, right, he is speaking on behalf of the Church, right. and thus he is inspired by the Holy Spirit, right, which is not the same thing as prophecy, and modern popes. Mm-hmm. Don't ever, <laughs> don't ever uh-huh. say that they're speaking ex cathedra. They, okay, they do say, look, based on study of doctrine, based on looking at this, this is we're how we ought to be doing things. This is, what, this, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Francis has done that with a number of encyclicals about environmentalism okay. and about you know with his statements about you know who am I to judge right gay people? You know we should be welcoming them into the church. We should be making our you know spaces welcoming. He has never said it's not a sin, but he has said we should be welcoming him. Cause, right. You know, he said so. other stuff too, but I'm going to yeah. leave that be. Yeah, well, yeah, talking but, about... but that's, that's the... We're talking about Space Mormons Yeah, tonight, we're talking so, about Space Mormons. Yeah. So um, a Soviet critic... Mm-hmm. Well, okay, first, to, to complete talking about the, the, the plot of the original show, the 220 ships are supposed to be the last ragtag survivors of humanity, mm-hmm. but this always bugged me. Multiple times during the show... Mm-hmm. Um, they wind up coming to a planet and finding a whole bunch of people there. And it's like, okay, you never establish, are these aliens mm-hmm. who just look like people? Or like, are the 12 tribes not actually the be-all, end-all of the survival of humanity? In which case, the stakes are not nearly as high as you've made it out to be. So That's very Aeneid, though. Aeneas yeah. is bouncing all over the yeah. place. He's, he's carrying all of Troy with him. Yeah. Starts off with 20 ships, by the way. Only yeah. two shy. Yeah. Uh, or no, you said 220. 220. 220. Yeah. 220. Uh, only 200 shy. Yeah. Uh, and he starts off with 20 ships, and he lands on an island, and he runs into Helenus, who's a prince from Troy. He's like, oh, shit, cool. We'll stay here for a while. Then a plague happens, and yeah. he stabs a tree. It gets weird. Yeah. But like, he keeps running... <laughs> And then later on, it's like, oh yeah, and Antinor, he went up north. That's why there's the Vei, and like there's there's he's constantly running into other, other Trojans. Trojans, who apparently got out before he did, or or like there were there were colonies established before, before it, the war, or no trading something. Yeah, or, it, it wasn't something. those things, but yeah, yeah, but, yeah but there yeah, there were some somehow, things like that. Yeah, so so same same kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, inspired by the same kind of sources, so you right. know maybe unintentionally evoking the it's classics. a Mediterranean tradition yeah. to have advanced people of your yeah. thing when you're the last yeah. people of your thing. So, so there's there's this weird yeah. thing going on there, which I never got. I don't know if there was well, ever really an in-universe explanation for it. A Soviet critic mm-hmm. um, argued, this is in Pravda. Mm-hmm. Soviet critic argued that the plot of the first episode was clear evidence of anti-Soviet hysteria in the face of the ongoing SALT talks. Wow. <laughs> Is there clear evidence of that? No. I mean, could you say I, that I, the Cylons are the Soviets? 
Um, I think. Well, <clears throat> I can I can get into that a little bit now, okay. and in a little bit more detail later on when I'm comparing it to the to the newer show. I think the perception that we all had uh-huh. of the Soviets uh-huh. as being this monolithic, calculating, emotionless, right? You know, communal monster. We we did have Does, the Olympics where yeah. we saw their use of technology and yeah. obvious cheating, yeah, etc. And and so so it, it so technophobic. Be. I mean, there was yeah. that fear of the missile gap. There was, yeah. I mean, the whole reason that we came to the table for salt yeah. was because we thought we were losing. Yeah, you know. So there is a so, technological aspect to it. I think I think there there is an argument to be made that was part of our subconscious zeitgeist. Sure. Not to the extent that the Pravda critic was trying to say. Well, and and you know everybody I, I always think, tells on themselves. Yeah, in their yeah. So yeah, Pravda is like so these like, people are propagandizing yeah. against America. Okay, because uh, you yeah. would if you could. Because you would if you could. Yeah. yeah. No, I get Pretty that. Much. Yeah. I get that. So there's there's an undercurrent in, in the original show. There's an undercurrent of this idea of post-apocalypse. Okay, because the colonies have all been destroyed. It's a pretty defining moment. Well, but really. but, but, okay, but okay. it doesn't feel. What, what I'm trying to say is, it doesn't oh. feel post-apocalyptic. It feels like a Bible-flavored Buck Rogers episode. <laughs> you know, uh, the main characters are colonial warriors uh-huh. who do most of their fighting from the cockpit of a Viper starfighter. Mm-hmm. My dad was a big fan. Okay, obviously. You know, and these are very, as, as I recall, they're very angular with a bubble on top, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the F-16. Oh, okay. Officially nicknamed the Fighting Falcon. That mm. was General Dynamics gave it the name Fighting Falcon. Right. Was nicknamed the Viper by Air Force pilots because the angles, the triangular shape, right. the, the single cock, engine the bubble, in the back. The single engine. Uh, although, actually, the Colonial Starfighter had three engines in a triangle. Oh, but um, but it it from from yeah, so it, it does somewhat. Oh, that it, looks almost F four ish too, like yeah. the nose. But yeah. yeah, I get you. If you if you yeah yeah oh yeah, if if you squint mm-hmm. and look at an F sixteen, same colors. you can see a Viper. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it entered service in August of nineteen seventy eight. No kidding. Like literally right, right before. before the show yeah. came on came on the air. Now, effects quality for the show was remarkably high for the day. Yes. It had it had really good special effects for something made in 1978, which meant it was really expensive, mm-hmm. which is part of the reason it only got one season. Um, the less said about the revival in 1980, the better. <laughs> I, I think I'm, there's something tickling my brain I'm, about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, was it's, it a miniseries? It's, it's, it's well... It was supposed to be a series, <laughs> but it, it it didn't last okay. because the less said about it, the it better. It was panned. They they made it they made it to Earth. Oh, and then they had to come up with a way to keep it a sci-fi space show, right. space thing. And so you found out in the show that like everybody from the colonies was like Jor-El. Like they were they were super strong. They weren't quite bulletproof, but they were okay. stronger than normal. They were they were like. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little bit. Uh, I'm 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 gonna say that there's a little bit of the less fortunate side of Mormon theology going on in that these are space people okay. from these mystical planets who show up and they are stronger and wiser and better than oh, okay. earthbound humanity. Mm-hmm. Um and and so yeah it was it was. The writers couldn't figure out what to do. 
Okay. And so it floundered and just kind of fell apart. So it was the aftermath version of yeah, Battlestar. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And did, it sucked. Did the original season end logically, or did they figure they were going to get picked up, and then so they never wrote a good ending? They they wrote an ending that was sufficient unto okay. the day. There, okay. there was there was so a they, chance they, there was a chance yeah. they might get picked up, but they were pretty sure. Well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give just some kind case. of an ending. Just okay. In case. So, fast forward. Okay, what do we got? Oh yeah, oh yeah, the motorbikes. Yeah, wow. I was afraid they flew. They flew. Oh, yeah, wait, they wait, had fold out that, wings. What was that movie? It was bad. What was that what, movie? Which movie? Mega Force. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, same yeah. time period. Yeah, yep. no, no, garbage. Absolute stinking burning garbage. So the new series, uh-huh. Battlestar Reimagined, I'm referring to it as. Okay. Aired as a miniseries in 2003, originally. Mm-hmm. And then it got picked up on sci-fi as a series in 2004. Right, which really kind of put sci-fi channel on the map. They were there for a bit anyway. Yeah, yeah. But, but it, 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 it they became destination TV as well. Yeah, a they did. They did. And it had thirteen episodes in the first season, mm-hmm. continued for a total of four seasons, seventy six episodes in all. Now the same it had the same basic premise. There's mm-hmm. twelve colonies wiped out in a surprise attack. This time the surprise attack is explicitly nuclear. Yes. We watch in the pilot as as the mushroom clouds yes. bloom all over the surface of the planet below, and we see of Caprica. Of Caprica, right. specifically, and we see um, the Cylon right. uh, standing there as the blast wave hits. Right. You know that that really watching that, the that damage iconic, she has done. Yeah, yeah, that iconic moment, seeing that happening. And prior to her doing that, the opening scene, I believe, is for like forty-four years or however long. You the the I was going to say the Americans. Yeah, uh, the humans huh. send a representative to meet with the Cylons, and they never show up. And then she shows up and kisses yeah. the shit out of him. Yeah, which he just kind of accepts because she's hot as hell. Yeah, uh, and he just kind of accepts, even though it's really weird for that to be that a thing. To be a thing. And then I does she and kill the, him? No, a pair of warriors walk in and just shoot him full of holes. That's what it is. And the warriors are the, the warriors. Toasters. The warriors are full on toasters, right. only slicked up. Yeah, all of the more angular lines have been have been Smooth. more organicized and smoothed right. out, and I mean they they look vicious. Yes, like the original the original Cylon warriors looked big, hulking, intimidating. They look like they, children's toys, though. Well, because that was what you wanted to you know market. Well, also they looked toys. they looked like an update of Lost in Space's robot. Well, yeah, with the with the tubing, yeah. which is also the, you know I joked before, but yeah. uh, Squiggy, what was his name? Twiggy. Twiggy. Yeah, Twiggy. yeah. Twiggy. He had that tubing too. Beedy, beedy, beedy. Yeah. Well, one one of the things is if you're trying to if you're trying to build a robot that you're actually going to have somebody wearing as a costume. Yeah, you that's want articulation. A good way to get that's yes. that's an easy way to get articulation without actually having to study medieval armoring. Yeah. You know, to figure out how am I or show flesh I, or or show skin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. And so the the original the original Cylons. Mm-hmm. Gave off this menacing aura that was based on them being big, hulking, and like we're gonna take a football player right. as our as our model and turn that into a soldier robot. Right, right, and right. and they had and they had the helmet that had the really obvious Romanesque crest on the yes. top. Yes, yes. They were referred to as centurions. I mean, right. really, the 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 overtones were very overt. Yes. Uh, so the new ones. 
looked they were sleek. Mean. Yeah. Like like the the original ones looked intimidating. The new ones looked like satanic. Yeah. Like like really genuinely like evil. And that brings me around to talking about the important differences in tone. Okay. Between the two series. The original series was felt like a western in space. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Lorne Green. Yeah, I mean like, from Bonanza, you know, right? Bonanza, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, they had they had frontier planets with literal saloons. Oh, like okay. like like all the time you'd see Starbucks. What was Starbucks spending all the time doing? Playing poker mm. in a bar. Okay, you're supposed to be the last ragtag survivors of humanity. How the fuck did you find a bar? Like in a role playing game scenario, right? As the game master, I'd be like, okay, tell me tell me what you're doing as the game starts, <laughs> and and Starbucks player goes, I'm in a bar playing poker. Right. You're one of the ragtag survivors of humanity. Point to the character sheet. I can always find a fucking bar. <laughs> like that was that was I, I spent five points right. on this trait. Right. I'm using it. I'm using it. Like, you know. Um the fleet was treated like a wagon train. Oh. Like the yeah. whole the okay. whole feeling of it all was we gotta keep everybody together, gotta circle everything, you know, keep fight okay. off the Indians, you okay. know. When the fleet ran into Cylons in the uh-huh. original series. It was because the Cylons were somehow in their path. So like they happened upon them every time. Yeah, they'd happen upon them. Okay. But but it was like running into running into Native Americans on the Oregon Trail. Okay. It was like we're traveling through this area of space and our reconnaissance people have found that, you know, there are what did the Cylons call their battles? The big battle stations that they had, the gigantic like twin diamond on top of each other. Big hulking. What? Anyway, yeah. you know, we found we've we found a couple of Cylon battle cruisers, whatever uh-huh. you want to call them, in this in the set. We got to figure out how we're going to get around them, you know. And and it was it was like the Cylons were a threat, but it, it didn't feel like they were being actively hunted. Okay. <clears throat> and the struggles of the survivors felt like domestic issues being handled by Adama as the patriarch of the family. It was it was again it was bonanza. Right. Right, you know, and and it was, it was Adama as Noah, you okay, know, in charge of the which literally he actually was. Okay, I mean, you know, and that's that's the the character of Adama was originally Noah in the first idea that Larson had come up with. Okay, so yeah, you yeah. know, it's an overt thing, and nobody ever questioned him. Okay, we never saw any other authority figure. He was it. Yeah. Apollo mm-hmm. was an always dutiful. I'm always going to do what my father tells me to do. I'm going to. I'm. I'm going to be the the pillar of of righteousness. I'm going to be the good son all the time. The the only the only one of the warriors who ever gave anybody any lip was uh, Starbuck right. because that was that was his his role narratively sure. to be that guy. Um, do you, you want to say it or do you want me to go? He was the Apollonian ideal. Yeah. 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 Well. Yeah. yeah. His name Name was him Apollo. Apollo. So That's yeah, what happens? That's yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah. You don't get more you don't, Apollonian you don't, than you don't get more Apollo. than actual Apollo. Yeah. And and in that sense, uh, you know, Starbuck was was a bit more of the Hermes. Mm. If we're gonna go with the Greeks. Okay. He was he was the he was a, a hotshot pilot. He was also a hot head. 
Right. And a wisecracker and all that stuff. He always wound up on the, you know, he was a loyal colonial warrior, but Mm -hmm. he, or he might actually, he was Dionysian. He was, in in the literal sense, he was more interested in wine, women, and song. Mm -hmm. You know, given the opportunity, I'm going to be in a bar playing poker with, you know, a scantily clad 70s idea, 70s idea of a sci-fi gown, you know, woman, you know, on my arm. Rather than you know off actually fighting, but when it right. has to happen, I'm I'm going to be good at it, you know, and so it it was a wagon train in space. It was what Roddenberry mm-hmm. had talked about Star Trek being, right? You right. Know. Which, um, by the way, is in production at this point as a movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so um, you know the original series was was entertaining, mm-hmm. and the original series had had its moments of genuine drama. There were a few episodes mm-hmm. that were really well written, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of it, well, I mean, and it, and it had an audience. It had mm-hmm. people who were who were fans of it, but it it it. It didn't hold together like its own internal logic. Never quite completely made sense. And and this idea that you know we're we're on the run, right? Not really on the your the idea was more we're in this endurance test to make are we going to make it to Earth? Okay, is it was kind of was kind of the feelings mm-hmm. like we're 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 on we are we are following Moses to the promised land. Sure, we're going to have to wander for forty years before we get there. You know, I mean, intensely biblical. Okay, the new series mm-hmm. felt like a real war. Yeah. Felt like a real siege. Cylons were actively in pursuit, hunting for the fleet. Their goal was, we got to wipe humanity out. Completely. And as the series went on, we figured out why they were motivated by that. Right. But but from from the get-go, it was, no, no, we are going to kill every last organic one of you bitches. Uh, Actual, like, space genocide. Yeah. It was was intentional space genocide from the get-go. The first episode of the series, not the miniseries, but the first episode of the series, was literally a running battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they had to jump every 33 minutes. Yeah, that's right. Because at minute 34, the Raiders found them. Mm-hmm. And made that amazing, you know, flash in noise yeah. you know, streaking through. And people started dying. Yes, I mean because they, they came they in and just wrecked house. They didn't yeah. come in and form up. They didn't come in. No, 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 and no, no. Menace. No. They they, they it, came in guns a blazing. Yeah, they came yeah. in immediately shooting. At the start of every episode. Yeah. They showed the total number of surviving humans. And it was updated. Every and year, it was every updated time. every time. Yep. And for the first several episodes, the number kept down. going down. Yep. And it was a huge deal. Like the emotional payoff when when the intro finished on on that on that first episode right. where you looked at the counter and the number was higher, like yeah. you if you were invested in the series, that was a moment where you were like, yes, yeah, we got one, we got yeah. one, you know, yeah. Um, the stakes were always intense; they were Very. always high stakes. Very. The sense of pending annihilation was ever present. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean it was a stressful show to watch. Like, you know, um, it was it was addictive, but but like you know, yeah, it, it really was, was. It was always it was always there was always a threat. The issues in the fleet were portrayed as existential threats, mm-hmm. no less serious than the Cylons. When people in the fleet were having a conflict, it was like, no, 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 we need to squash this right now. Mm-hmm. 
people are going to die like tomorrow. Right. Because you're busy arguing over whatever petty dick waving right. problem you're yeah. having right now. And and the very the very things that it required to stay alive were so important too and yeah. hanging by a thread. Like I yeah. remember a ship lost, you know, its connection to the the reserve water tank or something like that yeah. and a bunch of water was lost and they're like we have to ration everybody now. Yeah. Like everybody's on ration. Yeah. Like that was a big deal. Oh yeah, and everybody everybody was constantly exhausted. Yep. Everybody was harrowed and worn out. Yes. Um and um and traumatized. And tra- and heavily traumatized. Yeah. And interpersonal drama between our main characters mm-hmm. was was like a thing. Mm-hmm. Like uh, there, there was not any conflict between, like in the original series, Apollo mm-hmm. would kind of chide Starbuck for being an irresponsible, you know, nudnik, but right. there was never, like they were never yeah, loggerheads. Right. In in the new series, at the beginning of the series, Apollo and Starbuck like aren't friends. Well, and Starbuck because, is literally in the brig because she decked yeah. uh, Adama's right-hand man. Yeah, uh, like, Ty. Yeah, Ty. Because she punched Ty. Right. By and, the way, Saul Ty. Yeah. Forever. Really? Oh, yeah. No kidding. Um, No, a, the dude lost a fucking eye in interrogation and never broke. Okay. Like, okay. like yeah, no. I just think of like what a... a what a drunk he is, and when he meets his wife, what a dipshit he becomes. Well, yeah. So. Yes. He's a deeply flawed and he's, interesting he's, character. He's a deeply flawed and an amazingly interesting character, and the for me, the defining moment that, mm-hmm. that leads me to say, Saltai, fuck yeah, yeah, is later on in the series, mm-hmm. spoiler alert, when we find out he's one of, when he finds out he's one of the final five, yeah. they all stare at each other for a second, they hear the alarm klaxons go off, right. they're like, what do we do? He says... I'm a colonial officer. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and like, he knows, even in that moment of literal existential, like, I don't, know who the, I, yeah. I don't know, I don't know who the hell I am. I'm going to do this. He figures out, he figures out who he is. He makes a choice. And it's like, yeah. these are the people, this, this is what I value. This is who, this is, this is the commitment I've made. Right. You know, I'm gonna follow this but before through. before he you know gets the info dump and remembers that somehow he's been immortal for the last several thousand years, right? Right. You know, I mean, before all the weird mystical shit comes in, and we're gonna get into that. Before he remembers all that, his first instinct is no, no, no. I took an oath. Right. That's a good point. And I guess my problem for him is that uh, he's you know Adama. Adama is right there overshadowing him the whole oh, time, yeah. and I love me some Adama. Oh, I really do. Yeah. He's a grumpy old fuck who gets stuff wrong. <laughs> and he is, but he's got like such a strong moral compass. He, he is, he is, yeah. he is one of the two characters in the show mm-hmm. who is a pillar of integrity. Yes. And what's remarkable about the new show is mm-hmm. you have a character named Apollo mm-hmm. who is not the Apollonian ideal. True. The Apollonian ideal. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to guess? Yeah. Oh, um, what was his name? Uh, Chief. No. Oh. Hilo. Oh, shit, you're right. And he and Adama disagree a lot. Yes. And he's always the one on the side of, I, you know, he, Adama, he's the Adama, Doc McCoy. 
Yeah. He's he, the Doc he, McCoy. He totally is. And, yeah, he's and compassionate. When, and, when, and when he and Adama disagree, right. Adama is doing something that's pragmatic and necessary. That's a good point. And Hilo is always the one arguing on the side of principle. Hilo is the paladin. Hilo is is the, you're making it, you, you know, it's a necessary compromise, but you're still making a compromise. Right. And I'm not happy about it. And this changes who we are. And this changes who we are. Now, I got to say, I, I went to Chief, and, and here's why. Uh, Chief was the one who I thought was trying to hold on to his humanity the hardest okay. and the most. And that struggle that he had, and it included the bad and the good. Yeah. He also unionized, and you know what a sucker I am well, for yeah, unionizers. Well, yeah, of course, yeah. No, uh, but he... Any kind of labor organization, you're going to yeah, get I'm like, ooh, like those right guys. There. Yeah. Uh, but, but at the same time, he, he really did. He was... I don't know, like, you have all this command crew, you know, yeah. stuff like that. you always have a bridge crew on a sci-fi thing, you know, yeah. the, the decision makers. He was the one for whom the decisions were made, and he was the one who had to dirty his hands Literally. carrying out their will. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. you know, he he had, I, I want to say almost, he had more of a stake in the existence, even though he turned out to be a Cylon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I, get, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. But you're um, right, Hilo is a a paragon. He's yeah. an exemplar. Yes. yes. So you're right. Uh, now here's the thing. Mm-hmm. There there was not a single character on the show mm-hmm. in the newer series mm-hmm. that was not compelling. That's very true. Like one of the one of one of the things that truly made it, like you said, destination TV mm-hmm. was even when you were uh, looking at Baltar, just like you, you oh, guys? what are yeah. you yeah. What are you like? Could you be any more of a simpering fucking coward? Yeah. Like, you know, no matter you know, you'd be throwing shit at the screen, but he was still so compelling to watch. Yep. Because you could totally understand why he was failing that moral crisis. Mm-hmm. And God, but he failed all of them. Well, and he was such an <laughs> like, id, like you know, everyone. Like, yeah. yeah. Um. Oh Lord, I just I just had an idea of, of who the other character is that, that I there was another character I thought of mm-hmm. from from genre that like that's him and mm-hmm. I got it and I lost it. But you know, it was it was that character who it's like if he's faced with a temptation, mm-hmm. like it's it's Chekhov's temptation. Right. You know, if you put a temptation in front of Baltar, he's gonna he's fall going to for it. it. Yeah. Like it's inevitable. With another just like with Hilo, you put a temptation in front of Hilo, he's not going to. That's true. With but but when you get the the what makes them compelling is how they respond in those cases. Mm-hmm. And with everybody else in between, it was always a question. That's true. I I especially like that you had um, a character. I don't know if you recall, he was only mm-hmm. there for a few episodes. <clears throat> named Crashdown, who was a very like seemed like a decent guy, seemed like a decent officer and stuff like that. And then when they had a mission and it went sideways. He reverted purely to like uh, you know the, the West Point doctrine of okay paragraph one we have to do this paragraph oh, yeah, two yeah, yeah, yeah. and how he was like he could only stick to the doctrine of officer training yeah and he essentially was about to shoot Callie for disobedience yeah um and and it was he was so clearly wrong and couldn't get around that like yeah. you still felt for him. Yeah, like all that well, because, was true because he was in an impossible situation. Yeah, and you could totally see how it was that somebody thoroughly could, incompetent could, could end up could there, end there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and so 
we we see we see civilian authority mm-hmm. like the president is a major leading character there and was she, no civilian president in the original series and she's also 46th in line for power yeah she was the secretary of education yeah on on like essentially a tour of the Pampanito, you know, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> and that yeah. becomes the thing, and and and, you know? and she's civilian authority, and yeah. Adama uh-huh. immediately says, no, 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 she's the president, right? And anybody who has an issue with that needs to take it up with me because I'm subservient to the civilian right. power, and that was a huge deal. Yes, Adama's like one of Adama's defining, I don't want to say conflicts, but one of his, one of his defining issues mm-hmm. in the series was always about. The role of the military versus the role of civilian authority. Mm-hmm. There was never anything like that in the original series. That's true. Never came up. Adama was never questioned. Lauren Green. You don't question Lauren Green. Right. You know. Right. Like you just don't do it. And uh, you know Edward James Olmos, you you questioned him. Yeah. You well, know? he allowed you to. He allowed you to. But he he and again he was a gruff prick. But, but like. You, you. But there was, was a a space for a civilian government yeah, to do yeah. what and, it does. And he was, and he was yeah. intellectually honest about. Yes. I don't like the fact that you're asking me that question. It pisses right. me off. You're asking. It's an impertinent fucking question, but it has to be asked. Right. You know. <laughs> yeah. And and you know yeah no Adama. And is, he also really came to loggerheads with the president quite often. Yeah. With Madam President, you know, yeah. even as their friendship grew and blossomed. And he turned would, into more than just a friendship. It did, and it at the same time, along those uh, the steps along toward that were still very much huge conflict. Where I'm like, oh, oh yeah. shit, there goes their friendship. Yeah, like I, I remember thinking that several times. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. So there's there's so you've got a civilian leadership, yeah. which never was meant to be. In fact, she was retiring that day. Remember that she I don't was, remember, but yeah, she's going think, to him yeah. to resign of some sort, yeah, because she also had been diagnosed. Oh, with right, cancer. right, yeah, and and he is now responsible for keeping her in charge so that everyone's morale goes okay, so that everybody yeah. doesn't kill themselves yeah. off. Yeah, um, yeah, there there were a lot. There, there yeah. was just fraught with so, conflict. Yeah, so so the reimagining in general mm-hmm. was darker, mm-hmm. way darker, more morally ambiguous. Mm-hmm. And directly confronted the political events of the day. It's time for a break. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Hey, Geek Nation. It's Damien. And Ed. And we're here to pitch a book at you. Uh, it's uh, from a good friend of mine and a good friend of the show, Bishop O'Connell. The books are the American Fairy Tale Trilogy, The Stolen, The Forgotten, The Returned. If you're a fan of urban fantasy, you're going to love these. If you're a fan of Celtic folklore, uh, you're going to love these even more. Uh, they're very well researched uh, in terms of the, the stories and everything that they tie into. Uh, and he's a very good guy. And like I said, a good friend of the show. So uh, go out, pick them up, read them. And now, back to us being smart, Alex. So when we left off, mm-hmm. uh, talking about the fact that the reimagining was uh, was a lot darker. Yes. You know, I mean, just in general, it was a lot darker. And it directly spoke to what was going on in the world at the time. Right. right? Now, the, big, the big events that were in the headlines right. showed up 
yeah. in the show. And we're going to get into detail about that. But, sure. You know, uh, so just just to re refresh me yeah. here, uh, the original one with uh, Lauren, Lauren Green, Green was um, 79. S yes. Okay. Uh, hold on. Let me make sure. Not like that wasn't a dark time. Yeah, 78. Okay, 78. 78. September 17, 78. Okay, so yeah, we're talking the Camp David Accords, which ultimately yeah. are somewhat uh, optimistic because yeah. you actually have peace. So Well, yeah, and and remember the yeah. Pravda, uh, yeah. the critic in Pravda, as we mentioned, you know, an hour ago. Right. Uh, you know, said that this is, you know, uh, Western decadent panic about the SALT agreements. This is all anti-Soviet propaganda. Right. You know, which I don't know why my Russian accent sounds so much like an Austrian who's been to Moscow. But, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Um, and, and so if there was any commentary in the original series, mm -hmm. it was covert. Was it? And it wasn't. And and, yeah. and really, the, the the original series was an attempt to make money off of the sci-fi craze, right? In, in in the wake of Star Wars, right? And it was it was treated as written as and and it just was escapist fiction. It was yeah. it was a wagon train. It was literally a wagon train in space. Yeah. You know, uh, everybody talks about Star Trek. Gene Roddenberry having written a wagon train in space. Yeah. Battlestar Galactica actually really was. There there was a trail of ships. Yes. You know, and, and occasionally they'd be attacked by Cylons. Engines. Engines, yeah. yeah. And and again, because there was this overt, uh, mm -hmm. well, not quite totally overt, but there was a very clear Mormon allegory to it. And of yes. course, Mormonism is tied intrinsically to the expansion westward, westward in the United expansion, States. Right. You know. Well, and I would point out also, 78, 79, you still, I mean, there's only three networks, really. Yeah. Um, you, I mean, cable is just getting introduced into some areas. Yeah. Um, so that brings it up to 13 it's not, channels. It's not going to become, you know? yeah, that brings it up to, uh, yeah, in 78, 79, it would have been yeah. probably about 12 or 13 channels. But also, more importantly, uh, um, they, like you said, they're pulling off of the, 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 the importance of Star Wars, but also Star Trek had just gotten canceled only less than a decade earlier. Yeah, and so and so there's there's some residual right, and also interest when was there. Bonanza canceled? When was Little House on the Prairie? When were the Waltons? Those were all in the seventies. Oh yeah. So having a western in the late seventies still made tons of sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although by that time. You know, the, the, the heyday of Westerns on TV was the 50s and 60s, you know. But, um, yeah, I, I, I swear to God, folks, I didn't mean to do that. But, you know, the, the golden age of Westerns was in the 50s and 60s. Right. And by the 70s, everybody was talking about, oh, man, you know, the Western is dying. Sure. Which to us nowadays is really funny because you had Little House on the Prairie. You had mm -hmm. Bonanza that ran for forever. Petticoat Gun Junction. Petticoat Junction. Gunsmoke ran forever. Wild Wild West oh, yeah. was like the opposite end of the spectrum of we're going to have a sci-fi Western. Right. You know? We're going to have a Western like, sci-fi. We're going to have a Western <laughs> science fiction story. Like, yeah. Whoa, ooh, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I think the TV series, that TV series, as uh -huh. a total aside, I think is underrated. The, the level of we're just really having a lot of fun with this. Uh-huh. That was the way it was delivered with the kind of wink it was delivered with, while at the same okay. time being played totally. No, no, we're playing this totally straight. We're this is gritty. a spy show. Right. This is a spy show in the old west. Wink, okay. you know. Right, right. Um, and and it was it, 
it had a lot of cleverness. Okay. That everybody gets kind of kind of locked up in how goofy it was. Sure. And they don't want to give it credit for being really smart. Okay. You know. Sure. So just complete segue there. But also though, um, I, I was going to point out that um, in addition to all of those things being on TV in the seventies. Um, you also had uh, spy TV shows. Oh, yeah. So the idea of intrigue was not new. Well, yeah, Man from Uncle was in the 60s. Right. Uh, I'm trying to think what what spy shows were on in the 70s. But in the, in the Mission 60s. Mission Impossible was in the 60s, Mission right? Mission Impossible was in the 60s. Nice um, Secret Agent Man. Right. Uh, Danger Man mm-hmm. was, the, was the British version of that. Okay. And then... As a response to that mm-hmm. was The Prisoner, okay, which was a deconstruction of mm-hmm. all of the tropes that came out of spy okay. TV, spy the genre, uh, which at some point I got to figure out a hook for, for The Prisoner because yeah, that'd be... That be spy, uh, well, it was kind of spy superheroes. Yeah. It was, it was spies as three-color comic books. Super spies. Super spies, yeah. It was... Yeah. And and so I'd I'd say I'd say it qualifies. I'd, I'd give it credit for that because the, because the themes and the tone of it were very much we're gonna we're gonna turn James Bond into overtly no no they're superheroes right and that was kind of oh uh, the Saint which right. was like a spy show even though the Saint was a was a master thief mm-hmm. but it again so in, in tone intrigue yeah well and that's kind of my point is that what you have is a bedrock to the old one. Is uh, you've got spy entry. You've got a lot of genres going on, yeah. going into yeah, you do. going into it. Um, in the two thousands, genres have kind of been broken. You had you had sitcoms. They had their heyday in the yeah. late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Um, you have, um, uh, but it's a lot of sitcoms. As far as oh, dramas oh, go, huge. you have procedural yeah, comedy, dramas. Remember, comedy was a huge big deal in the eighties. Like yeah. on TV, that was that was the but, biggest that was the biggest genre for a long time. Sure. Um, I think, and I'm totally this is coming uh-huh. completely out of my rectum at this point. But my my hot take on it is. I think because, as we've talked about before, mm-hmm. as a society, we had gotten to this place where we were numb to the horror of the doomsday clock hovering at you know two minutes to midnight. Yeah. And so on a certain level, it was like, dude, I just need somebody to make me laugh for half an hour. Yeah. And, but you here's know, the thing. That, that laugh for half an hour turned into laugh for two hours. Yeah. Uh, TGIF. In yeah. the 80s, and most of those were family sitcoms. Yes. And very often they were based around the specter of divorce, uh, which is an interesting anxiety that they're okay. looking at yeah, well, because, yeah, it was huge because you had no-fault divorce. divorces in the 70s, finally. Yeah, well, you had no-fault divorce in the 70s, and mm-hmm. that was when the divorce rate skyrocketed originally mm-hmm. to the point where our... Because women could finally get out. Women could finally get out, yeah. and you and I, mm-hmm. and you, George, the three of us, are all part of that generation where we had a lot of friends, or mm-hmm. we were kids who, you know, were coming from a circumstance where their parents were divorced. That yeah. was that was like an every. It became oh yeah, well you know my buddy Scott in high school. Right. Can he it come stay just, over? Can he, yeah, you know, uh, and and oh no, I can't do that. I'm going to be at my dad's place. Right. It becomes was, a trope. It became became yeah. a trope. Became a thing. And so, yeah, it makes sense that that would be kind of this this. Spectrum. So that's that's the eighties. Yeah, the nineties sitcoms were young professionals um, or slightly older professionals because Frasier. Yeah. But the nineties were young people having sex 
Um, yeah. And also you start to see queer folk getting in there. Showing up. Um, yeah. And, and having central characters. Yeah. Instead of the sassy well, gay friend down the hall. Yeah. Will and Grace. Right. Being the, you know. The most obvious, the but most also obvious Ellen. Example. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and, and I want to say Brett Butler, but I could be wrong there. Not the baseball player, but yeah, the comedian. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think she was gay. Yeah. No, um, but uh, you have um, uh, you have a, a good deal of of that kind of thing. But it's really it's about young people in their twenties experiencing life as the bedrock for again for what's to come. Buildings Roman. Say again. It's it's buildings Roman. It's it's the 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 comedic genre becomes the the coming of age. Saga. Yes. That's, that's yeah, okay. the, the, German, the German word for the genre of the coming of age. Thing, okay, build, yeah. Bildungsroman. Okay. Uh, I thought you were just calling me a Roman. Yeah, no. no. Well, I mean, you know. Well, why not? You know. You, you would, you when in Venice. Know, yeah. When in Venice. So. so. Uh, but my point is that in, in the early 2000s, when the second one comes out, yeah. it is built on, um, because it's not like we didn't have a bunch of wars going on in the 80s. Uh, or in the seventies, we just came out of Vietnam. Well, yeah, the seventies. I'm gonna I'm gonna push back a mm. little. Okay. In the seventies, we just came out of Vietnam. Mm-hmm. In the eighties, mm-hmm. we had the specter of if if any if if any war gets sufficiently hot anywhere, there's a chance we're all gonna die. Right. And we did have even the, though Vietnam got sufficiently even, hot even and we didn't you'd die. Think, but but still, yeah. you know, uh, well, you know, Vietnam doesn't count. Um, <laughs> quote any number of, of Republicans when they've when they've had enough to drink. We, yep. we, we lost because of the press. But anyway, we could have a whole conversation about that. Which there were time. episodes about that in the new BSG. Yeah, and there weren't in the yeah old there BSG. weren't before. Yeah, yeah. and and but but uh, the 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 we had the invasion of Grenada, mm-hmm. which was Reagan's recasting of Vietnam. Re, well, it was recasting of Vietnam, and <laughs> and it in. was and and it was. What Henry V wanted when he invaded France in 1414, it was a short, victorious war. No, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it was it was what every executive leader of any country dreams ever about. like like wet dreams about. Yes. Not you know, it's no, no. I have I have a reason that I can point to that will right. be accepted as being legitimate, and I know I'm going to win. Right. And so there's 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 going to be if there's any blowback, it's going to be minimal. Right, you know, and and everybody, and because it's it's a it's a conflict, mm-hmm. everybody is instinctively they're all gonna because, love me because we're because <laughs> we're team we're team animals we're yeah. troop we're, we're yeah. troop creatures, everybody is gonna get behind me they're all gonna love me and my support numbers will go through the through the roof, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so we had that yeah, and you know there were other other times you know we we start we kind of flirted with. How much are we gonna? What are we gonna do when the Falklands happen? There's Nicaragua. There's Nicaragua. There's the Sandinistas. There's well, there's a lot we, of us. There were there. There's a lot of will, there's yeah. a lot of us throwing money and guns at other people who are doing our fighting for true, us. True, true. There's a lot. Of, so you could. I I will I will accept there were a lot of proxy wars. Okay. But I think it's important to note that during this whole time, during that decade, mm-hmm. there were very few times where American soldiers. Were in danger. Had boots on the ground and were actually, you know, getting shot at. Okay, that's fair. and that's important because mm-hmm. of what we're going to be talking about in the next when, episode. In the next episode, when we pick up. Well, before we get to the part where we yeah. cut off, what what I wanted to say is the bedrock for Conestoga wagons in space. Yes, was 
uh, the end of the Vietnam War mm-hmm. was family and Western uh, entertainment. Yeah, was uh, Dallas. Um, <laughs> was Is that family um, entertainment? Uh, it was. I mean, I'm I mean just there's not a Western it was, motif, it, but you yeah, know, but it was it was family entertainment. It was just awful families. <laughs> um, but the, the families were the entertainment, and yes, they were horrible shitty yes. people. Yeah, okay, Eric. But no like, you have all of that. Except and Bobby. It's, Bobby it's, wasn't horrible people. Bobby was a goddamn. <laughs> he angel. was the only good one. He was the only. It yeah, was all a dream. You know, yeah. Um, but uh, you have should should have stayed shot. But you have all that, and yeah. you also have just a little bit before that sci-fi and spy movies. So you have this menace that's built in, colliding with "Gee, isn't it nice?" Mm, plus okay. westerns, plus sci-fi. Boom! There you go. And, and, and in 2000s, you have Battlestar Galacta, Galactica. Pardon me. You have sci-fi as kind of the bedrock. Mm-hmm. Um, young people sci-fi, which is important because all of your main characters are older folk. Trying to rein in the younger folk. Okay. Okay, and and reacting to them, and there's a generational divide that and, absolutely and, plays out. And, yeah. Okay. And and, and and I think that's all stuff we we can. Oh we yeah, can yeah. Get into, but yeah. also you also have um, building into that uh, medical procedurals. Okay. You you have ER. Oh yeah. And well, you yeah, have uh, I think you uh, have Chicago, Chicago Hope, but who really cared? Um, but. Uh, <laughs> ER was the one yeah. that mattered. But yeah. you have ER and you have you also Goose as the trauma surgeon. Yeah, and it worked. Yeah. Um, but you you have ER and it was really a big deal. Yeah. Um, and you also have, I'm trying to think of what other dramas you had going on going into the two thousands. Um, drama's really kind of taking a, a, a licking until uh, the global war on terror. Oh yeah. Because then it's all about the urgency stuff. It's all about um, Techno thriller, uh, yeah, twenty four, yeah, torture's okay. But yeah. also, you had police. You had a, a glut of police procedurals going into that time and yeah. around that time. Oh yeah. The only other interesting point I wanted to make about just like here's what's yeah. in the bedrock that led to this. This is where it sprung out of the yeah. the the, uh, the swamp from which it yeah. came. Um, in the late nineties, early two thousands, you had tough guy competitions. And you had an explosion of cable TV channels. Oh yeah, that fast explosion that of cable TV. Channels. Absolutely catered to much more <clears throat> niche stuff. In the late seventies, you had boxing on HBO, and you had cable exploding out to what at that time was niche, but there were only twelve of them. Yeah, you have these much bigger niches. Yes, yeah, Star they, they had niches. to be. Yeah, yeah, they had to be. You know, um, but uh, but you have a parallel there. Yeah. Birthing. Battlestar Galactica for both, and that that was kind of okay. my point. Is All that right. and I, each one takes on the characteristics, playing contrary to what had just come. Okay, playing off of yes, yeah, okay, yes, I can see that distinguishing itself. Yeah, distinguish itself from so. from what was out there at the time. Anyway, thank you for coming to my TED talk during your podcast. Well, that's fine. Yeah, no, I mean you know. so, but so, uh, but so next time, next gonna, time, we're we're gonna get into the. Uh, Specifically, the the headlines that were going on, the the events that were taking place at the time of the reboot, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, get into some of the details of just exactly how that was explicitly reflected mm-hmm. in the show. Okay, um, and also, you know, that the the kind of mystical quasi religious stuff that was involved in it. Oh yeah. And how and I know you'll be able to talk about how that ties into other stuff that was going on in the media landscape mm-hmm. at the time. Oh yeah. 
because uh, I've heard you go on about that a couple of times outside of the podcast. So everybody <laughs> else will now get to hear about it. Nice. But uh, so yeah, that's that's us halfway through. Yeah. Uh, Battlestar Galactica. I can't say it either right now. Battlestar BSG. Galactica, BSG, and the Global War on Terror. Cool. And so until next time, or do you do you want to do you want to say do you want to do a takeaway for now? At this point, or... I, I think I kind of blew my wad on the, okay. here's the bedrocks. Um, yeah. I, I think the takeaway is that BSG is playing against type both times. Okay. And I think it's interesting that that's, that's one way to distinguish yourself as sci-fi, is to play against the current type. Okay. I find that interesting, and I think that if we see another... Uh, by the way, Star Trek existed in both times. It did, and that actually yeah. leads into kind of my, my yeah. kind of hot take takeaway right now, is when you say playing against type... Uh-huh. You know, the most recent, well, okay, no, by that time we'd had uh, Deep Space Nine. Uh, yeah. By, by the time of the reboot. And and, and you've Star had, Trek had already... had Enterprise, too. Yeah, you have, which, yeah, yeah. Yes, you yeah. have. And, and we've already talked about how 9-11 uh -huh. ruined the hell out of that. I think that was episode that's, three. That's episode, yeah, three, Something three like or that. four, yeah. Um, and, and so, but you have, you have Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> Sorry. It's one of the only episodes I ever kept to one episode. Yeah. <laughs> it might be the only one. There's one that went long, but yeah, yes, yeah, okay. yes. So, yeah. But, um. <laughs> Gene, Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> Gene, yeah, Gene. God bless Gene. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but his, his universe, mm -hmm. you know, had, had already been, been taken in this same direction. Yeah. By by these forces in the Zitkeist, and we can yep. kind of tie that in, I think, next time. Oh yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. interesting to note that you know Star Trek is has the reputation of being the you know happy fluffy sci-fi TV series forever, and before BSG showed up mm -hmm. again, it it had already gotten darker and grittier. Yeah, and so on. Yeah. So anyway, well, let's skip past what we're reading. Um, yeah. Just so that people can can finally turn off the engine in their in, in, their, car. in, their, in their car. In their uh, car. And uh, next time we'll we'll talk to you all about what we're reading. But yeah. uh, for uh, a geek history of time, uh, I'm Damien Harmony. You can find me at Da Harmony on the Twitter, and you can find us at at Geek History Time on the Twitter. On the Twitter machine. And you and are. I'm Ed Blaylock. You can find me at E H Blaylock mm -hmm. on the Twitters. And until next time, uh, watch out for Cylons. <laughs>